This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's a place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome aboard, folks. Dr. Charles Parker here one more time, and here we are at Core Brain Journal, and we have a very interesting deep player all the way from Australia. It's morning for her. It's evening for us over here in the USA. Beverly Cyril in, uh, what town are you in in Australia? I just started to say. Melbourne. Melbourne, Australia. And she's going to talk to us tonight, folks, about a number of issues. We've had some uh, little discussion about DID, dissociative identity disorder. But we're going to talk about self-injurious behavior. We're going to talk about eating disorders a little bit of bulimia, mainly anorexia, and PTSD, and she's going to put that package together for us. Welcome, Beverly. Thanks for coming on board. Really appreciate it. Yes, I'm excited about being here. It's going to be fun to talk to you. So we're going to have a couple words from our sponsors, and we'll get started right away. So you listeners already know how much we love the reality of data here at CBJ, and today we welcome our clinical friend and sponsor partner, Direct Health Access Laboratory. With over 3 million studies, they are deep leaders of experience with a big picture of measuring, for example, methylation, cryptopyrrole, and copper challenges. They have a global service with a molecular focus. You can reach them at dhalab.com forward slash core and learn far more about it. Stay tuned more in a minute. Then you also know how much we appreciate detailed improvements of mind care on many levels. And today we're pleased to welcome a new partner with a deep interest in fresh options to address the complexity of adolescent treatment failure nationally and internationally. So often these kids are put in, put in five, six-day hospitalizations, throw a bunch of meds at them, and they're out again, and nothing's really happened except brought them under a little bit of control. For 80 years, the nonprofit Barry Robinson Center teams in Norfolk, Virginia, provide residential care on an evolved family, interpersonal, and again, global level. Take a look at Barry Robinson, B-A-R-R-Y, robinson.org forward slash core for more, and we'll talk more about them in just a moment. So let's talk a little bit now. We have Beverly with us, and she is uh, a very interesting person who has a special interest. She started a long time ago being interested in the results of trauma especially from childhood, on the brain. And she's done a tremendous amount of research. And one of the things I'm really looking forward to talking to her about, she found a personality theory called psychosynthesis. Now, Beverly, I need to have you correct me if I don't pronounce his name correct, correctly. Roberto Asagioli. Asagioli, Italian man. With a G, Asagioli. Yes. Uh, and she... and. Uh, she met with a woman running psycho, the Psychosynthesis Center of South Australia, and that woman explained to Beverly uh, Asagioli's theory about personality, and we're going to talk about that because it has broad application in a number of ways. And then she also, uh, I'm trying to read this and make sure I get squared away, who was the person that best-selled the Vanderkoek at Harvard University? What, what was that connection? Uh, he's a top trauma specialist. He's written a book, keeps the uh, Body Keeps the Score. 
The body keeps the score. I am familiar with that. And he developed a nine-step process, which helped Beverly herself, and she's helped other people. Huh? The nine-step the nine step process is my process. Oh, it is. Oh, thanks for clarification. Okay. Yeah. So cool. you developed the nine-step process using some of that foundational material. Yeah. So let's get started because there's too much to talk about here. Yeah. So let's go ahead and start with, let's go back to the beginning and how you began to formulate your ideas and then where you went with them and how they apply in daily life. Look, you, you take it wherever you want to, girl. Well, it was a matter of desperation uh, because... Um, I was sat, I had a, a tremendously bad personal experience and um, what that did was open the doorways or took the lid off um, memories from childhood which I had no idea was there. I mean, I know we had a violent father and he tried to murder my mother three times and we had to do the moonlight, um, you know, pack up and go during the night. So I knew there was bad stuff there. But what I didn't know when the flashbacks started coming in my 40s was the incest. And I rang my sister up and I said, do you think our father ha ever had sex with us? And she said, yes, but what else? And she'd been remembering for years without telling me because she said it was so strange. And what has eventuated that I was, um, we were brought up in um, an organized perpetrator group. Our grandfather was a pedophile, a Satanist, a Methodist lay preacher, uh, you name it, Mason. He did um, everything. He was an absolute evil man. And what he did is he um, created... Um, took us very, very young and then programmed us into different personalities. And I didn't know I had multiple personalities because what happened was um, after we'd be to the little hobby farm when we have the holidays there, he'd flip, flip us back to the personality who lived the home, the home life with their mother. So we had no knowledge of this. So until I was about 40, I had no knowledge of this abuse going on whatsoever. And then I, um, I blew out. I was having flashbacks every three days. They'd last sometimes five hours. They were horrendous. I was put on heavy drugs and given a, a diagnosis of histrionic personality disorder because the doctors didn't believe in flashbacks. And, uh, and after a few months of being on the drugs, which were zombie-like, um, I wasn't allowed to go out in the sun. I mean, I'm Australia, Western lovers, because uh, they made you sick. And I wasn't allowed to have a yeast product, which was Vegemite. Uh, which is an Australian classic, um, and I said, this isn't good enough. I had a break from the, the flashbacks, and then I started hunting. I just said, I have to get well. I'm not, I was, so I hunted. I started, I was in a small country town. I started doing little courses, and then I was given the book, which I read, and um, I realized what was the most horrible thing is my father, grandfather had been dead for 30 years, and I was having flashbacks to adult trauma. And then I realized I had multiple personalities. I packed up, and 24 hours later, I was down in Adelaide in South Australia, knocking on doors, 15 psychiatrists, um, psychologists, government organizations, sorry, we can't help you. So I said, this isn't good enough. I'm going to get mine cure. So I sat the adult reentry exam, got in, and started university at 48. And um, nine years later, four degrees. It didn't give me my theory. Uh, what it did is taught me to study and it uh, gave me um, letters after my name. Because as you know, Chuck, if you haven't got letters after your name, people don't take you very seriously. <laughs> it's, it's so true. So, and then uh, sometimes even if you have the letters, they don't take you yeah, seriously because you're yeah. one of those mental health people and what the heck do they know? <laughs> no, yes. So um, I... Um, 
found a little organisation called DISA, Dissociative Identity Society of South Australia. I was on the board. I was home support, telephone support, ran the um, support groups, um, ended up CEO. It was like that for seven years. So I got vast, vast experience. I attended every trauma conference where anyone was coming to Australia. And, it, and I also ran three um, consumer carer conferences, the last one being Australasian. So I've got vast experience and knowledge. And that's where I found the psychosynthesis lady. I said to her, I, wanna, I heard a talk. I said, I want to see you. So um, we stood in front of a whiteboard and I said, I know DID and I know trauma. Tell me about psychosynthesis. And we stood in front of a whiteboard. She told me the theory. I said, okay, stop there. I've got enough information. I went home and I tried the theory in my own head. I'd forced co-consciousness, which is the observer state. Say that again. Uh, Say what that phrase was. I, I, with multiple personalities, you lose time. And yes. there's no distinct boss in your head, you know, no distinct head. There's no organizing, yeah, there's no organizing factor. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. So um, you, I had a, a, somebody in the group help me, and we forced co-consciousness because the thing with multiple personalities, you lose time. So I didn't know who was going out, who was doing what, uh, and they were doing it in my body. And I said, this is not going to happen. They can come out, they can be healed, they can be loved, but they come out through me. And we, we forced that onto myself. It took me a few weeks, months to be able to do it so that I could see in my own head and I could see myself doing things in the observer state. It's a quantum uh, physics um, concept that... I, um, the observer state. The Heisenberg, on, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. I haven't heard Werner, that one. Werner Heisenberg, you know, the, oh. observer, the observer can change the outcome and, you yeah. know, there's a certain measure. So yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, I did that and um, I, I applied and so I took the theory and then I tried a part of it and I went in and I twisted it. Can I adjust it more? Can I take it this way? No. Can I take it that way? So I adjusted and adjusted the theory. Because as um, the lady said that it could have been applied to multiple personalities, but she said it never has been. So I had to apply it to myself. And then I started getting well. And because I was running the groups on with uh, women and men with DID, I, every time I would go to a conference, I would go and tell them about it because I'm very much into empowerment and education. So they were seeing me get well. And they said, will you do it on us? And they said, videotape it, which I did and their sessions and then becoming one on the screen. And um, then I started, I was, um, had to do on a, in my honours work in a community centre. So I ran a, a groups for women with depression. See, what happened was that I knew how multiple personalities was created. And then, because I was meeting them, but I thought, can this be applied for people who experienced trauma but hadn't split in their childhood? Because you have to have multiple personalities by seven. So it's uh, very much a childhood trauma-created disorder. So I had a friend who went to Vietnam as a dancer. And so I went and saw her and I said, look, I've developed this visualization um, about my work. Would you do the visualization for me? You're in charge and control. You can stop whenever you like. So I talked her through the visualization and she could do it with meeting her sub-personalities in her head. And I'm going in, you know, she had her eyes shut. I'm going, yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right, now stop right there because I want to catch you because you're going kind of fast and yeah, I want to catch the picture. That's okay. I mean, it's <laughs> exciting. It's interesting. So this woman had suffered with 
uh, dissociative identity disorder. No, no, she was had PTSD from going to Vietnam when she was eighteen. And that was it. So yeah. she and, and and she just had PTSD. No, no. But then when you and then when you worked with her, go ahead. Then say what you were saying. I, what I did is I applied the theory I was doing with multiple personalities to her who hadn't split. I got so you. She, okay. Yeah. So she could do the whole thing in her head, uh, meeting the subpersonalities, which I'll go into how they're created, uh, and then. Um, so she met them and could be healed them, and within a couple of sessions, her PTSD was gone. So then I was I ran uh, overcoming depression, anxiety, stress in a women's uh, centre for a year. We had over fifty women come through. They all had a series of um, they all got all different um, diagnoses: borderline personality, bipolar, depression, you name it. They had it, and they were all getting well. And the one of the women came up and said to me, would I help her niece? She's just come out of hospital. Uh, she's had anorexia for 20 years. And I said to her, well, I've never read a book. I don't know anything about anorexia. She said, please go and see it. So it was arranged. I knocked on the door and I went and sat on the kitchen table. And I said to her, the girl, tell me about your anorexia. Because I hadn't read a book. I went in there with Cold. the principal series. Yes. And she said, I get hungry. And I go to the fridge and the voice in the head commands me that I can't eat. And when I heard that, I just said to myself, piece of cake, I can fix this. And three sessions, she was completely well. She'd had it since age 14 to 32. And um, no, no recurrence. It's cured forever. And uh, she's just gone on with her life. And okay, now stop right there because you got me. I'm a psychiatrist. Yep. I'm curious about what you're talking about. It's very interesting. So what did you do? to that person to have her get that voice out of her head? What's the, what's the punchline on that whole story? Well, the, my process is called Mind, Vision, Mind, and it's a nine-step formula which applies to everything. It's the core. And then once you've got the core in, uh, the first five steps are making your mind safe and happy. I try to do that in the first visit, which is usually an hour and a half, because once you've got a structure in the mind, you can work with it. So the, um, we do this, the structure, which is having um, a retreat um, with um, you have fences and gates and spiritual protection because your house, home in the head has to be safe. And you go and find a home which you would have set up in childhood um, and there'll be a home there. This isn't like you do when you go on Lifeline where they say go to a safe place. We're actually creating, uh, going and finding um, the home which you would have set up in your mind as a child because by the time you're three, you understand the concepts of schematas and the home. Uh, and like if I say to people, if I say dog, uh, the schemata will start firing. You'll have knowledge of um, everything about the dogs, what you know. So there is a home in your head, which is the, all the parts that you live. I know I'm jumping forward. Do you want me to talk the two theories because then you understand what I'm going Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah dig in. This is, yeah. yeah. Right, so um, I use two main theories. One is Azizioli psychosynthesis. Now, he was a student of Freud and uh, Italian, and he went, a good friend of Jung. So in the t 1920s, he went back to Italy, and he was supposed to take psychoanalysis, and he said Freud hadn't gone far enough. So he brought in Eastern philosophies, which is 70 years ago was, is a big, uh, was never accepted. I mean, today we've got mindfulness, we have yoga, we have all those sorts of things. So we've got 
uh, it being accepted, you know, to be in the presence and that. So his work never took off. You can't learn it in universities or colleges here under psychology. So um, it's outside the box. And I had to look outside the box because none of the psychiatrists or psychologists or what was offering could help me. So um, his theory is that um, when you're born, you're hardwired to remember, but you haven't lived in this body before. Um, so you have to have a way of storing lived experiences, picking up a bottle, crawling, riding a bike, etc., etc. Now, what happens is up until the age of seven, because you know we only have two brainwave patterns up until the age of seven, every time you do something new, and I use the example of um, you're three years old and you get a little red tricycle. So when you put your leg across the tricycle to ride it, you have never done this before. So your body has to, your brain has to sort, store the way of the knowledge of your lived experience. So when you do something new, like putting your leg across to ride the little tricycle, a spark goes off in your mind and it creates a part of you that holds that lived experience. Now, there in Azagioli's theory is called a subpersonality. Now, they're, they're, they're your moods and roles. So that one is now your bike riding subpersonality. So every time you get onto the bike, that one comes forward and says, that's my role, that's my job. So that, you, that one develops as your bike rider. So you, over the years, you can develop hundreds and thousands of them because you have hundreds and thousands of lived experiences. By the time we get to adult, we've narrowed them down. So, um, so I go on further with the experiences that, you know, you've got a two-wheeler bike now and then about 16, 17, you put the bike in the shed because you've got yourself this new butte car. Years later, you see a bike and you say, oh, I used to ride a bike and you hop on the bike and it's wobble, wobble, wobble and then click, you can ride the bike. So all your moods, your roles, your sub-personalities are there, conscious, but until you do the... The, the action, in most cases, they don't come forward. So, unfortunately, you've also, the first time you got depressed or sad, a spark comes out and holds that. I recommend, and that one becomes your Mr. Depression or Mr. Anger. Um, I recommend everyone to watch uh, Walt Disney's Inside Out movie, which uh, explains about um, um, emotions and how they're little people. And in England and Australia, we have the books called the Mr. Men books. You've got Miss Fussy, Mr. Angry, uh, Miss Chatterbox, and they're all little books, and they're all about little parts of your personality. And, uh, and that explains exactly. Uh, and children, when you say to them, oh, you've got Mr. Angry out now, or Miss Sad's there, and they say yes. And um, so you can... Um, so, again, they're your moods and roles. So I'd have a client ring up and say, I've been sitting down reading a book and eating chocolate for three days. I can't shift my mood. And you can... You can shift the moods by doing something else. So if you say, I don't feel like going to work today or I'm not going to cook today and don't feel in the mood, that's because the one who does the cooking or it goes to work isn't around because you've been doing something else. So um, you can call them forth and they can come. So you're re literally restructuring your mind. Okay, now and what were the name of those books in England? That this, I'm going to write them down. Were you, you, Mr. You, Men books, they're called. Mr. what? Men, M-E-N. Okay. Mr. Men books. A okay. little book. The little tiny books you get um, for children to read. I got you. So it really talks about the disparate subsets of a personality. Yep. yep. So, so. Um, and then, um, so you've got, to, you've got, unfortunately, with the way children are brought up, uh, you can have Mr. Angry can be so 
or Miss Depress um, could or Miss Lonely could be so dominant because of everything what's happened in their childhood and teenage years, but that one can come out and take over, and they go into depression, and they go into and you get the trigger, and somebody comes out fighting, and they don't know why because it's out of time and sequence. So you have these subpersonalities, which can become ego states or definite personalities. So, I mean, this is uh, very interesting. Now, do you recommend, I'm going to stop right here because I want to catch a quick thought. You're saying a lot of really interesting things, and yet I know we have such a short period of time here, and I'm not cutting you off. I'm looking at, I know people are thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, okay, this is really interesting. How can we wrap this up further? Because this is going to, she's going to run out of time to tell us all this stuff. Do you okay. recommend reading the book uh, by... Uh, is Dr. Uh, Roberto Asigioli? No, you can't get his book. They're all out of print. Oh, okay. So what we're doing is uh, he has got a website. Um, somebody keeps it going. There's a small people amount of people following him. We're doing. I'm doing a free webinar. So go on to my site and book in, and then you. Uh, I'm going to. We won't be selling you anything. What we'll be doing is giving you explaining how your brain works. Exactly what I'm saying here and um, demonstrating it all and then giving people uh, the first two steps of my work and they can do it um, in, with me talking them through it because it's all visualization. Fantastic. And now, you have a, you have a URL for that? Do you have a website? Yes. Uh, www.myenvisionmind.com. Oh, yes. Okay. I saw that. Okay. Yeah. So what happens is I've married the psychosynthesis to the latest trauma research because... Um, it wasn't until 1996 that Professor Van der Koek, who's a top trauma specialist, um, found out that the, um, by having his soldiers and rape victims and accident people have their flashbacks in the PET scan, that trauma is stored in the limbic system. Now, the limbic system is fascinating. It's uh, the emotional seat of the brain. Uh, and what happens is, do you understand the flight-fight mechanism? So, you know, you've got a truck coming down, you don't have to think you jump out of the road of the truck. Yes. Because it's an instinct survival. So what happens is anything dangerous, scary to you goes into the limbic system because it's to keep you alive. So I use the example, you're three years old, your big brother drops a hairy spider on you, you run around screaming because that's danger to you. So that whole scenario as a DVD is sent into the limbic system. So every time you see a spider or something drops accidentally on you, uh, it, the the flight flight mechanism kicks, kicks in, replays the DVD in your head and all the emotions flood through. And that's where you have the panic attacks, the phobias and everything. So what, um, so this happens with all your, uh, any form of trauma you've got. So it's all in the limbic system. And as you know, um, the limbic system doesn't have a language. So it doesn't matter how much you've talked about what's happened in your childhood, uh, your depression, it doesn't work. It helps you understand it, but it does not take those pictures out of the limbic system because the limbic system doesn't have a language. The fascinating thing about the brain, which I believe is the untapped frontier, is that parts of the brain doesn't know the other parts exist. So there's no language in the limbic system. So it all has to be done with pictures and there's no time. There's no clock in there. So if you had a, a scare at three months um, and or fear, say it's three years, that is in there and that will be in there for life. You can be 93 and still have the fear. 
Now, the beauty of my work is by marrying psychosynthesis with the latest trauma research and having this safe and happy place in your mind is that we go and find the home where all your subpersonalities live, we refurbish it, make it safe, and then you start meeting your subpersonalities. And just as there's a whole world in there in a picture form, just as we have the world of the universe and we have the world of the earth where we're living now, you have a world in your mind. And we can go in and, and I say to people, I'm your tool guide into your mind. All decisions, it's a formula, but every decision is yours. Um, I take you on the guided tour. And uh, within, um, well, I've just done um, 10 hours for 10 people who have um, PTSD from the workplace. I had three firemen and seven women. And with all sorts of floods and accidents and bullying and, you know, um, the holdups. And in 10 hours of therapy, um, they were free of their PTSD. And it's six months later and they're still free of it. You can do this with every disorder, whatever's happened to you, and you can go right back to birth. All right. This is terribly interesting, Beverly. Now, I'm going to take a break here, but I'm going to ask you a question because you have teased us into a very curious place. Okay. We want to know about this. And the question I'm going to ask you, which you may not be able to tell us in the remainder of the time here, when we come back from our sponsors, the question I'm going to ask you is, how in the heck do you do that? What do you do in, you can't tell us every detail, but give us an idea of what you do when those hours, and when we come back, we'll get an idea what Beverly does with these individuals that she can turn things around in such a relatively short period of time. This is not five years of five days a week psychoanalysis. This no. is this is a whole different thing. So, Beverly, we'll be back in just a moment. Well, folks, you know as well as I do that psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medication trials and those very, very brief hospitalizations, may prove insufficient to deal at home with the complexity of troubled children and, and those adolescents from 6 to 17 years old. Improved care, those next mandatory steps, should include a more comprehensive approach to address those multiple levels of challenges, from family to peers to school, diagnostically from defiance to depression, on every level for families, including military families, internationally. The Barry Robinson Center's 32-acre open college-like campus in Norfolk, Virginia, provides safety and security and clean, comfortable living how do we know we refer folks over there all the time, strongly endorse what they're doing? So for further information and informed interview, connect at this page, barryrobinson.org forward slash core. Well, you folks already know that here at Core Brain Journal, we're on a mission to introduce you to resources that make significant contributions to the investigation of those predictable mind science applications. Our colleagues at DHA Lab Group provide a real difference with treatment options for people at every level from first awareness of mind problems to those frustrating times when even well-informed treatment becomes surprisingly unpredictable. For my entire professional life, from psychoanalysis to brain scans, I've searched for, yes, improved predictability. The good news for all of us, from professionals to patients, remarkably effective research offers useful cost-effective, organic options far beyond guesswork with psychiatric medications alone. DHA lab tests measure unbalanced biomedical details through easily available testing 
now available globally for a variety of molecular answers from, for example, methylation, copper, and cryptopyrrol challenges. Check in for more details at dhalab.com core. That's d-h-a-l-a-b.com forward slash core. Well, thank you so much, folks. I know you are bursting with curiosity, just as I am, because we want to hear this. This is a very interesting thing, because we've had episodes with, uh, that we've published on uh, dissociative identity disorder. We've had numerous episodes of PTSD that we've been talking about on our page that we have for vets, corebrainjournal.com forward slash vets, V-E-T-S. Now, Beverly, we're going to put you on the spot. I don't think I'm putting you on the spot to tell you the truth. No, no, I love it. (laughs) We just want to hear what you do in some kind of concise way to help those people collect themselves. What do you do? First of all, we check that they can visualize. And people say, I can't do that. So I say, well, can you imagine? Can you imagine yourself down the beach and you've got some cold chips and you throw them on the ground and the seagulls come fighting and clawing? Can you see that in your own in your own mind? If you can see if you can see that, you can do my work. If you can't see it, I've got steps I can go back and help your brain to open up so you can see. A lot of people, some people, especially women in their fifties, have had so many depressing things happen. They only see black. So then I do then is I take them on guided visualizations, and we um, choose a beautiful place on the world you'd like to live, and you fly and land there, and then I take you bring the five steps. You go down five steps. So we're bringing in all the senses because this is all we have to do all this with uh, emotions and visualization because the limbic system doesn't understand words. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how much you say about it, it's not going to work because it's not going to change the picture. We have to change the picture. Uh, so you go in, um, you uh, follow a path, you find your beautiful retreats. You will find as you go down the path, you'll find a home of some sort. And then um, uh, we walk around it, make it three-dimensional. Then we put a fence around it and, with a gate. And only you can go in and out. Uh, and we then, under your belief system, we put um, spirituality uh, protection. So nothing can – the fence has to be high enough that no human can go under, over, or through it. And then so that nothing can come through the air and attack you. Because um, I put that in for everybody uh, because you don't know a person's background to that degree. Um, I don't need to know very much about the person. I have two sheets they fill out very simply. Your hobbies, your, um, what sort of trauma you've had, uh, and what do you want to do with your life. That's exactly uh, all. Okay, now let me ask you this question. Because I've done guided imagery myself. And, yes. And in one of the techniques, and I want to ask, this is a point of clarification. Yes. Uh, in the way I was trained with guided imagery was to find an inner advisor, to find a person at that safe place that you could, in fact, consult with. Yes. Now, do you do you do that, or do you? Not, are you yes, the person, or how does all that work? It's slightly different because um, under you will have a home there of some sort. It could be anything from a broken down shed to a temple. So um, we make it three dimensional, and then you go and knock on the door. Who lives in this home? Mm-hmm. Now, in real, um, if a person's had a semi-stable relationship, the one who answers the door is you at your age. Now, that is the inner self-helper. It's a part of you who's been with you from the time you were born, who knows all about you and is caring and looking after you. Mm-hmm. And, and we're connecting you to that. I, I call, instead of using the term inner self-helper, I'm using the term housekeeper, butler. 
Oh, um, <laughs> that because, covers it. Because <laughs> yeah, the housekeeper runs your home in the head because they yes. live in the subconscious. You run the physical. I got so you. So what you have now is a best friend, counselor, support person for the rest of your life to discuss anything that goes on in your life. And they will give you advice. So you go into the home and re, uh, make it beautiful. And then what we do, uh, we do that in the first, um, there are four steps. can be usually done in half an hour. And then the beauty of it, then you start meeting parts of you. You go in and ask to meet. I want to meet the, and from the list you ask the person, who do you want to meet? And then they, they go in and uh, they speak out loud. I like to meet the part of me who self-sabotages me or who has depression. And you literally see them come into your home and you meet and greet your own sub-personalities. I have a healing process. They go in there and they wash away because there's nothing set in concrete in the brain. So all of this is neurons, firings and pictures. So by putting a picture of a healing process with, um, I have three or four little techniques in there, uh, washes away, burns away any of their negativity, fills them with love. Um, and th then what you do is you give them a new job because if they're holding your depression, they're Mr. or Miss Depression. That's their job. So then you ask them, you've had it, if it's a child, and a lot of times you're absolutely uh, shocked that the one that's holding it could be eight years old or 14 years old and they're still trapped in abuse, trauma, bullying at school, whatever it is. Because mm. we all have negativity happen to us. Um, and then they're cleared of all that and it's washed away and then you ask what do you want to do now if they're a child they usually they go into the children's area and they say do you want a puppy or a horse or want to paint or a beautiful dress and we have um people in there looking after them so it's set up so that they are you're literally reparenting yourself in a beautiful way and you can um remove in a picture form any trauma you've had now, do you do this virtually as well? I mean, you're in Australia. If somebody's yes. listening to us in um, London, yes, what we do it over Skype and Zoom? You do. Oh, you do. Yeah, yes. good. Yeah, I had a 16-year-old girl with anorexia. They found me from my book, "What Doctors Don't Want You to Know About Anorexia," and the grandpa rang up, and um, I I worked with her in America, and she only had her iPhone. And uh, I did the whole process with her, and she had uh, five sessions with me, and she no longer has anorexia. Now, by the way, that book, I'm, this is very interesting, Beverly. I didn't mention this, but you have been kind enough to give us that book as a giveaway. Yes. And so if people come to uh, corebrainjournal.com uh, and they go to episode, this is going to be 158, and if you come into 158, You'll get Beverly's episode. You go down there, and you, there's a book drawing, and and we're gonna have that book drawing alive for at least two weeks following the publication. So you want to follow us and stay on top of. It. Ladies and gentlemen, what happened is the machine just cut out for some reason. So we're gonna pick right up now, right where we were, Beverly, was with this whole concept. You were talking about doing it virtually. You were yeah. talking about. A woman that you had consulted with in the U.S., we were talking about a number of things, including uh, not really an inner advisor, but an inner housekeeper. Yes. So, so let's talk a little more about that virtual thing. We only have a few more minutes left, but I wanted to come back. Thank you very much. We want to make sure we had some closure with you on the way people can 
first of all, listen to this closure right here and then how they can contact you if they wish to pursue this further. Well, we wish them to come on to the webinar. We'll have a free webinar. We'll, uh, we'll uh, explain um, how the brain works, how they can trust. As I say to people, you need to be able to um, understand how your brain works. You better trust your brain, trust the process, and trust me. And they're in control of it. I'm the, as I said, I'm their tool guide into their mind. And I've worked with as young as nine. Uh, it works with education and all sorts of things so as well because you're restructuring your mind. And the inner self-helper, which I call the housekeeper or the um, caretaker, um, is there to assist you. And they see through your eyes your life. And you can ask them questions You can, and they work with you. If you get distressed, you can just uh, go into your head or make out you're on a mobile phone and you can talk to them and say, uh, I'm distressed, what's going on? And she'll be able to tell you. Or you can say to them, I'm distressed. Could you put the subpersonality who's angry or uh, into the healing process? And within three, four minutes, all that anger or depression will go away. All right. So you need to send me, because I'm looking at your show notes here, and I don't have a link for that webinar. So uh, what we're going to do is um, our, um, we had to revamp the whole com uh, website, and it should be finished in about three days. So what we're saying is come on to the, uh, website and the landing page is um, a 10 free webinar and um, and when you fill in the form uh, you'll also get a downloadable little course which is um, it's got a, a video it explains as an mp3 and it takes you through changing the schematas of your brain and uh, you can go through anything negative uh, or any negative emotions what you've got and it helps so that URL is going to be at myenvisionmind.com. And the landing page will be, have right when you land is uh, join the webinar. And it's free and we won't be selling you anything. We are going to be demonstrating the process. Of how it's, it works. it's just a demo. Yeah, got it. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, well that is... While I talk to him, they do it on themselves. Okay, so what we're ta talking about, folks, just to summarize, we've, we've hit a number of issues. Pardon me in my excitement with the thing broken up. I've got to get myself back together and bring this together. But what, what Beverly's been talking to us about is dissociative identity disorder, reconfiguring, pulling people together from PTSD, people who have done self-injurious behavior because they're out of control with their own relationship with themselves. And we started really was we did the introduction talking about anorexia and eating disorders. They all wind up being... Uh, self-destructive elements where a person's stuck on some level, you could clarify if I'm right with this, Beverly, with yes. themselves in the past that they can't get rid of, and then this is a technique by which they can uh, dispel and the past. How I discussed it as like you have a, a mis-angry or a mis-depression, they have a mis-anorexia in there, or they have a mis-PTSD. So you literally go in and ask them to meet the part of you that holds all the knowledge and who holds everything about that they're the one that holds the anorexia or the, the soldier who went to war. You meet the soldier and you heal him and you can wash all that away. You can take all those pictures out of their brain. And because the uh, limbic system is the emotional seat, you still have the memories because that's in the schemata area of the brain. But when you take it out of the emotional seat, you take the pictures out, the, the memories died because there's no emotion holding it there. 
Gotcha. Sounds fantastic. So it's, it's, I just love it. I, lo I love helping people get well. Beverly, I would never know that you're passionate about this. <laughs> <laughs> and we're taking this around the world. I have now got somebody trained in America. Uh, oh, she, yeah. Yes, and um, she's just um, she's a mature age doing her um, PhD, PhD, and she did the uh, PDSD um, uh, research project with me. Oh, that's and, fantastic! Uh, yeah. And she would love to come on and talk about the PH um, about the PTSD trial we had and how um, how it worked and how people got well, etc. Well, we'd be happy to have her on as a guest too. So put her in tab or go yeah. to Corbrain Journal and sign up for a guest. We'll have her on another interview yeah. because I think this kind of thing is so uh, potentially useful. And I, as a, as a person who's used, uh, you know, without even knowing what I'm doing, I am not posing like I know what I'm doing with this. I've just a little bit of knowledge was able to help a number of people out with doing guided imagery. I don't do it anymore to tell you the truth because yes. I feel like I'm out of my league with it. It's not something I do on a regular basis, but uh, we had a grieving wife whose husband died suddenly and she was completely racked up with the, the death and, 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 and stuck in grieving. And we took her back and had her talk to him and say goodbye to him and it was gone. Yes. I mean, one, yes. we, we, and it was amazing to me to see that happen, that she, that it works. Oh, it's just incredible when you see, we took, um, before and after photographs, the, the groups I ran for 50 women, we took photographs on their first day, and five weeks later, they had three hours in the group for five weeks, we took photographs again, and the people had dropped 10 years in their life. That's they were amazing. calm, they were, uh, because you're holding all that stress on, on your face, and to yeah. see people... Yeah. Um, be happy again and get their life back on track and not be held back by um, what happened to them in their childhood. Well, Beverly Cyril, thank you so much for coming on board. We really appreciate it. It's been very interesting. It's been exciting in a certain way to look at these options and opportunities. And it's funny how it coalesces with a lot of things that other people have been saying, but you have a practicality and yes. a utilitarian value that you're bringing. Here's yes how it can be done, which I think is very, very interesting and very, very constructive. It's a formula. You follow the formula and you get well. I love it. Sounds good. Well, I hope it works for you. I hope that uh, you're able to continue to be uh, in, having the same kind of success you've had. And let us know some other time down the road, something happens, we'd be happy to have you back on. It'd be fun. Oh, that'd be wonderful because I could talk on voices in the head. A lot of people are scared because they've got voices and they think they're crazy. Um, that's another one which um, you um, you evict the voice. You meet well, the let, voice. Let's let's have you back to talk about voices in the head, and then we'll talk even more about pulling together dissociative identity disorder, because I think that is a big one. We had a very big response to that one. So let's think about having you back again, if you will. Yes. Be great, Beverly. Yes. Wonderful. You have a great day down there in Australia, girl. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Cobrain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because, as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications, like those written for ADHD, are used so regularly without clear guidelines. 
If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.